everyone. Welcome back to our podcast edition. This is Cece. And this is Claire. And greetings, listeners. This is our letter to the podcaster edition of our eighth series of Sundition on January 9th, 2022. So obviously, this is our first letter to the podcaster edition of the year. And about uh, almost exactly a year ago around this time, Claire and I were seniors in high school finishing up our college application process. Oh, no. Which was very... It was certainly a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and so we did a few episodes back then about our college application process and journey and what we thought about it, but we thought it'd be good to kind of return to that a year later and I think just talk about how what we've done, what we could have done better, what went well for us, just like the process, like a hindsight on our process in general. And we thought it'd be best to show this in a format with a guest, as we usually do. So right now we have Madeline on the phone. Madeline, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Madeline, and I'm from the Bay Area, and I'm a current senior in high school. And Madeline, I know we've talked before, and I know you're applying to colleges right now, right? And I know this is a very loaded question, but how's that going? Are you kind of at, are you finished or are you kind of at the last leg of the journey? I am officially done, which feels great. Oh, okay. Damn, okay. This has been quite the process, um, but I am done now and I'm very happy to put that behind me. And uh, for us, I'm, is probably the same for you, but our college application process really took like six months, right? Like almost a half a year. Was that the same for you? Yeah, I would say it was about six months or so. I mm-hmm. feel like I really started the process in July of 2021 when I started like really researching and trying to formulate a list. Um, but I think the like essay writing really took off like in September through January. Mm-hmm. I think ours actually ended near February, remember? Because colleges kept extending their deadlines. Oh, yeah. So for private schools. Mm-hmm. I know especially, I mean, I think our two years, uh, class of 2020 and class of 2021, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, your class. No, we're class of 2021. Mm-hmm. Madeline, yeah. your class of 2022 <laughs> are super unique because we, like, it's COVID. the pandemic, <laughs> and applying through the pandemic is definitely difficult, and before we kind of get into what may be different, for us, there were a lot of new rules, right? Mm-hmm. There were kind of deadline extensions, there were changes of test requirements, and I kept up with a lot of those when I was applying, and but now I probably I haven't. Because we want to, you know, put that behind us. But. So were there any changes to the college application, like, as you were doing it? I think so. Your year, so 2021, um, that graduating class, you guys had your test optional, right? Those were your, like, that was what your schools, they were all test optional, I would think. Yeah, I think except the UCs, they were test blind yeah so then even if you submitted test scores i don't think they'd really consider it at all 
So were they blind your year? Yeah. Oh, for UCs. UCs. Yeah. For UCs. Yeah. For us too, for the class of 2022, the UCs are also blind. Um, but I know private schools, a lot of them are optional. All the ones I applied to were optional. Okay. And, um, so, I mean, I think that stayed pretty similar. And in terms of deadlines and extensions, I would say most schools held pretty firmly to their deadlines, at least mm-hmm. in the schools that I was familiar with. Um, I do know that the UCs had to extend their deadline because they had so many applicants on their portal system. Right. Page wasn't working, but oh, that's yeah. that's what I remember happening in November. I think ours had that too. Yeah, but as far as other schools, I'm not familiar with other extensions. You know, for the UCs, what I find interesting is that they actually do it every year. They extend the deadline about really every single year. Oh, I didn't know that. They never really talk about it, but because there's just so many people applying it crashes every single year and you know hopefully to the like current juniors and current sophomores who will be applying don't take that as like to procrastinate (laughs) you know it's just happened in the past doesn't mean it'll happen in the future maybe better website technology but that's something i didn't know going in i didn't know that's something i was actually gonna say i remember like when November, late November coming around and being in classes and people were like, yeah, last year's class, they, um, their deadline was extended. And I was thinking, yeah, but I wouldn't, you know, base my time management mm-hmm. off of the deadline being extended. Um, because I don't think you want to be in that situation. You definitely want to have it in before, um, any potential like site crashes or things like that. Exactly. Like, if you're basing it off of last year's experience, that's not wise at all because what if that doesn't happen again? You want to be prepared for the original deadline. And, I mean, if they extend it, then good for you. You can do some last-minute changes if you want, but it's honestly just easier and, in my opinion, less anxiety-inducing to yeah. just get it done by the deadline, the original one. I agree, and I think that, honestly, by that, like, November 30th date, I believe that's what it usually is, um, you're so, like, you, at least in my experience and in my friends' experiences, we've been working on our essays for so many weeks, and you just want to be done and have it out of your hands. Like, mm-hmm. that was how I was feeling. I was like, there's nothing more I can do to these, and I've put my best effort forward, and I can only hope for the best. And I think at that point, it's better to just turn it in rather than keeping it and making last-minute changes and getting more anxious. True. Um, so that's kind of, like, my piece of advice about that. I actually utilize the, I think, the extended deadline. You know, it's fine to me. It just really depends on how you feel about your applications, I guess. But was your deadline, was it a day or was it a week? Um, I think it depended on the school. I think a couple most, days? It was, like... I think places like UC, I think, I remember UC Merced extended to a full week, but I think other UCs were, like, maybe a few days or just one day. Yeah, I believe for my year it was just one day. Yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. And I totally understand, like, at, you know, I, when I was a junior, I was talking to a senior friend of mine. And I was like, I should probably start early so I can finish early, right? And she was like, no, 
that does not exist because in her experience, it was like no matter when you started, most people, right, this is most people, mm-hmm. will still do it till the very last day because, like you said, there's this, like, anxiety, kind of like you have one more day, why don't I try to better it just a little teensy bit, a little tiny bit. And, of course, in college apps, from my perspective, I do think small things do matter sometimes because, you know, you're technically your application is competing against a, a thousands, hundreds of thousands of other applications. So the small things do matter, but at some point, it, it's just not good for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I will say that I have lots of junior friends across mm-hmm. many different schools, and they, you know, they want to know, what can I do now? How can I prepare? And in my experience, I felt like um, I'm like very big on being organized and getting ahead of deadlines and things like that, but um, I feel like so much changes between like your last semester of junior year and mm-hmm. then like going into your senior year that if had I written my UC essays completely my junior year they would not have reflected like my growth mm-hmm. into senior year for like, sure I felt, exactly I feel like it's better honestly it's good I think as a junior it's good to do research and get familiar with like the field of study that you're most passionate about but I don't necessarily think you have to come up with your you know, final draft of your essays or even your rough draft um, because I think a lot of that writing comes through more when you um, are you know, actually a senior and you're closer to that deadline. You know, you're not a day before the deadline that you have a few months and you've had enough time to process what you hope to do with you know, your next steps in education. Yeah, I think that is the same for me what I did during like the summer before my senior year was a big part of my actual essay and I think also to a point of not just like showing the growth in your essay but it's just better for you I don't think there should be any reason I let me backtrack I think it's more important to focus on what you're doing rather than what you're going to write about because you have to do this stuff first before you have something to write about, you know? And yeah. so to the juniors out there, I think this is the time to start honing in on, like, maybe two or, like what you said, two or three passions you have or just one thing, whatever you want, right? Start to make something concrete out of it because one thing – I think I didn't do that much up until even senior year, like senior uh, summer of senior year, is that I didn't show, I had no way to show what I liked, right? And yeah. when you can't show what you like, it's much harder for that to go through mm-hmm. as for you as a person. So like, don't focus on the writing. Yeah, you can go research schools. I think... You can also do that later, but focus on what you're doing. Yeah, I think it's also useful to to actually have a few topics you want to write about, but mm-hmm. the thing is probably don't flesh it out completely into a rough draft just because it might not be your final topic, right? Yeah, I, I think the yeah. best thing to do is to come up with a list of 
confident that you have passions that relate to, and then um, also kind of figure out what what is something unique about me, whether it be mm-hmm. a life skill or um, a really incredible experience you've had or a struggle you've had, um, and try to think about, okay, how can I make that connect to my passions or show my growth? Um, and even just, like, the process of thinking about it is honestly, in my experience, just as powerful as it is, like, putting it into writing. Because it all starts with an idea anyway. Um, and while you might not feel as productive if you're just thinking about it or, you know, talking to a friend or a parent about it, in the end, like, that kind of thought process, I feel like, translated to a lot more powerful writing. And I think um, kind of getting off the point of, like, talking with other people, I don't know about you, Madeline, and I don't know about Claire either, is, like, how many people did you speak to, like, about your, one, your topic, right, and then, like, compared that to, like, how many people did you show your essay and, like, ask feedback? So for me, I um, showed my essay, so my, like, the big essay that you have to write, it's called a personal essay, um, and it's what you use for your common application. A lot mm-hmm. of private schools use that as how they receive your application. Um, and what I ended up writing was really personal, and so I didn't want that to be really shared with my peers, um, but I did siblings and my grandparents and like my family read it um, because I wanted to make sure it was coming across in the way that I thought it did Um, and so in that realm I did not show friends that big essay Um, but other smaller like UC essays and things like that um, I did get some peer feedback on Mm -hmm. I think for me I showed my mom one or two mentors and a few friends because I think I'm on the same boat as you too. I think a couple of my essays were kind of personal so I didn't want to show that many people but I think it was kind of like the small circle of people that I showed them to. Yeah and I, I think mine was the same. I actually didn't show it to that many friends I think the only friend I showed it to was Claire, actually. Yeah, same for me. The only, person, <laughs> the only like, actually close friend I showed it to was Cece, I'm pretty sure. Like, within our friend group, we never really talked about uh, our essays and how it was going. It's just like, guys, I hate these essays. Like, that was the extent of it. It was more like sharing stress instead of what we were actually writing about and... I don't think any of us really asked for feedback mm-hmm. within our friend group, which was yeah. kind of interesting, <laughs> to say the least. I feel like for me, it kind of depended on, like, you know, the friends that I was talking to, and I definitely, I really like to write, so I had mm-hmm. friends that wanted my feedback on their essays, and I was mm-hmm. very happy to give them that um, feedback, but I feel like, yeah, I would agree with you. For the most part, it was a lot more, like, very, like, family-centered mm-hmm. who was reading my essays, 
the reason I bring that up is because I think near the end of my writing the essays and turning it in, there was a point where I was getting like five feedback, a different like some were different, right? And it it overwhelmed you, I think, because like I wasn't sure who I should listen to, and I think I kind of started losing what I wanted to say in the first place through that feedback. And of course, I value like throughout the whole process, I really appreciated and value every single feedback I got because I thought it was helpful. But in my experience, I think it was also hurting like me in some part of that process. Yeah, I completely agree. Just because I mean, you want to get feedback from the people you care about, but they probably all have different opinions and things. And the one thing about sharing with, I think, family, or like parents especially, is that I'm not sure if they know what's best in mind for your writing. (laughs) Just because, I don't know, I have immigrant parents and their English isn't the best, or like they're not super familiar with the college application process so there was just like a lot of factors that kind of hindered them giving the best advice for me so I think my mom and my mentor butt heads a lot just because they like one had much more experience in the college app process and one was you know of course my mom cares about me and what I'm writing but it's just not the best advice from her like, I would probably ask someone else for advice before asking her, but of course she's my mom, so I had to ask for, show her my essays. But it's just a lot of, like, conflicting ideas that were given back to me as feedback. I definitely agree. I feel like I had, like, periods of time where I was, like, I was making changes to my essays, and and then I would have someone else give me constructive criticism, and I was like, I do not like that. Like, I... <laughs> and I just like there was a point where I had already done so much fine-tuning to my essays like having to figure out how to cut more words out of it was like it just felt kind of ridiculous um and I think that there you get to a point where it's like is this really helping my essay or is it actually like hindering what I hope Mm -hmm. comes through and like in the end took what criticism I thought I needed, um, but it definitely wasn't everything everyone gave me because I wanted a certain part of my personality to come through to whoever was going to open and read my application. Yeah, so obviously that's to those current seniors and like current seniors who may be still finishing and especially like maybe you're getting a bunch of feedback, just like focus on at at the end of the day, right, it's about you. And I know this is cliche, but no one knows yourself better than you. So take what feedback that you think would really help and, you know, for the other feedback, say thank you, but I don't think this is what's best for me. Right. You don't have to take 
every single yeah exactly every single point that everyone tries to give you you don't have to use that it's your essay after all it's your application you're the one that's writing it so i guess use your best judgment and take in what you think would be best for you and i wish i knew that earlier same me too (laughs) i think that's a lesson like yet to go through this process or is finishing up their applications just because you don't take someone's feedback doesn't mean you don't appreciate mm-hmm. them giving you um, you know or think it's not valid um, it just might not fit with what you're trying to portray exactly and I think that goes off with a lot of what um, like goes on in the college journey obviously like what we're te- like sharing is our own experience and I know we've said in the past, maybe don't do this or don't do that. And those are just based off our own experience. And if you think you're off better starting your essays earlier or later, that <laughs> also up to also you. Also up to you. Just but make sure you just allocate enough time for your finish because I'm going to tell you this right now. I started a little later, I think. I didn't start during the summer, which was honestly one of the – biggest mistakes I've made so just make sure you allocate enough time so you're not scrambling at the end of the entire process near the deadline yeah and one thing uh, I wanted to move to is the content of the essay now I know we all have like super personal essays and I think in the beginning of the process it was trying to find the topics for that essay and I personally struggled in finding inspiration, like what to write about. And I know for many UCs and other personal essays for private schools, they kind of ask, there's some like very obvious one. What's one activity you did and how did that help you or change you or whatever? That's pretty generic, generic, right? And I think most people have that activity. But when there's more abstract ideas, right? and where you feel like there's more leeway in what you can write, I found it super difficult to hone in on what I was supposed to write about. Yeah, I I think that I've had that similar experience, but I feel like um, it can be like if you have that really daunting 650-word essay, Mm -hmm. however long the personal essay actually is, I think it can be really hard to come up with the idea but like keep your point centralized like you have like go off into like little examples but in the end you like that was my hardest thing it was Mm -hmm. not coming up with a topic I knew what I wanted to write about but I didn't know how to keep it centralized and keep the message uh, very clear Mm. I think that's what makes that personal essay and any kind of abstract question that you get really hard, especially with the word counts that you're given, because those longest 650 word scenes, as we're discussing this right now, when it comes down to like writing, you know, a, you know, thorough and well-written essay, it's not that many words. At least that was my experience. Yeah. Oh my God. And like the UC essays are what? How long? 300? 300? 350 words? It might seem like a lot of like space for you to write but once you you know have your outline and then you can eventually draft or whatever your prompt is 
for me at least, I figured out that I had written a lot more than I needed, and then I had to spend a lot of time cutting it down, and it was difficult just because I really didn't want to cut down so many things because it communicated my ideas, so I had to like figure out how to go around all that and make sure that my message was still clear, that I wasn't omitting any important or clear details. Definitely. I think that for me personally, when I was doing that personal essay, that was like the first time I'd really written one of these longer college essays, Mm -hmm. and taking out words was a pain. Mm -hmm. Like, it was so hard to take things out, and you spend so much time writing it, and you're like, well, should this come out? Should this come out? I don't really know. And then, like, once, for me, once I got to the point of the UC essays, Uh I already so familiar with cutting out my writing that uh, it that is it's kind of like second nature I knew like okay this isn't important so I just delete it mm. um, and not look back I think like what's important is not to think about okay this has to be 350 words on my first draft but instead like write everything you want to say mm-hmm. and then go back and refine it um, because in my experience when I would try to make it the word count on the first time those were not my strongest essays. But when I would try to get everything out first and then go back, they ended up being a lot more impactful. Yeah, I think that is generally the uh, way I've done it too as well. And I think one thing that's also good about like making it big, or like starting out big and then cutting down, is for me... When I wrote that big first draft, right, where I obviously went over the limit, right, I kept that draft, and it's super useful because you can also reuse it in other essays, right, or essays that are super similar, but maybe you have a longer word length, right, then you can still have that example, and maybe you really liked how you wrote it, you don't have to, like, go back and, like, figure out how you wrote it, it's already there, right, and... I know people <laughs> have had, like, I don't know if you guys have heard the horror stories of people, like, directly copying and pasting, like, oh, yeah. why this college, but they forgot to change the name. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I was so scared of that. But copying and pasting in some parts is not a bad idea. I think if you're able to use it, but also curate each essay differently to each college, I think it increases your efficiency of writing essays and makes the process less stressful. Yeah, like it fits, it fits. Definitely. I think that I think that copying and pasting, like we're so used to in school them saying like, you know, don't copy and paste, you need mm-hmm. to cite everything uh, <laughs> and all that. It's so it feels so odd to be like copying and pasting so many, you know, different things from your writing into um, other essays, but it saves so much time to be able to do that. Um, and then only have to, like, really tweak what what drew you to that school. Like, not have to go through and rewrite a, you know, topic paragraph, but instead have to focus on what program attracted you to the school or what professor do you hope to work with, things like that, that the school really wants to see that you did your research on. Right. Especially with those, like, why this college, why that college, it was very, like, those ob- uh, answers are obvious. 
oh, this school has this thing I want to go to, that thing I want to go to. But one tip is kind of put yourself in that shoe, not just like class academically, but the, the atmosphere of the school. So one thing, because I struggled with that a lot and I had to write those a lot when I applied to the private colleges, just kind of watch a video and imagine you're that person living that life. You Have you guys seen the, like, oh, like day the in my life, life vlogs, and vlogs stuff. right? Yeah. I know um, those are obviously created towards a specific niche, but I think lots of people could benefit from watching those videos because as corny or different as they are from what you may usually watch, they're... They hold certain things that you could definitely use in your life, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. So. And I think it's important to remember that while you are going to be a student on campus for four years, mm-hmm. you're all, you're not just you know you're not just there academically. You're going to be there socially and pursue other extracurricular interests. So having that come through as well really helps push your personality through in your essays. Yeah, because it's just not all about classes. Yeah. You're like li- you're like you're living there, and speaking of that, I think everybody every year says, "Oh, at the end of the day, like you'll most people will be happy where you are." College does like what college you go to and what college you may get into, what college you may not get into does not define what you're worth, right? And you know sometimes, especially coming from my background, right. I say that, and people say that to me, but in the back of my head, there's kind of this nagging voice, like, yes, it is, yes, it is, it does, like, it, no, it does, but it doesn't, it doesn't, but it does. It's so stressful and overwhelming, and even a year in, right, like, I always think about this, a year in, it doesn't matter, right, <laughs> like, thinking back to that, I was like, why was I so stressed, and, like, 10 years from now, imagine you know, you're, like, you won't matter. Uh, sorry, not you oh. won't matter. Sorry, what college, like, you're, okay, I have to be able to better say this, but what college you get into and don't get into, you know, in tw- 10, 20 years, it really won't matter because at, at the end of the day, no matter where you go, it always depends on what you're going to do with it, right? You know, are you going to take those steps in college or wherever you go to, like, be as successful as you want to be, however you may define success, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I just want to say it doesn't, it's not as big as a deal. I hope that rammed into everybody's head. It's really not, and, like, in so many industries, in tech, uh, which I'm more familiar with. Even now, I feel like my dad, who's very out moral, mm-hmm. he says that really the name of the school is insignificant to your experience, to what you make of your education. It does not, by any means, define you know your success or the kind of person that you are. In reality, they want to see that you know you can collaborate, that yeah. you have done things that relate to the field you're interested in. It's more than just the name of the school that's, you know, slapped onto your degree. Yeah, it's, because I don't, it, if you're working in the workforce, right, 
your employers shouldn't really attach value to you based off of the university name. I mean, if they do, then they're just shallow people, and it's good that you're not working for them. It's more about, like, your contacts, people that you've worked with in the past, and how they see you as a person. Like, do they think you have a great personality? Do you work well with people? What are your skills like? Have you had experience in the field? And all that other good stuff. (laughs) I think that is my biggest thing. And also, one thing is, like, expectations. I would just throw your expectations away. I don't think... I think that's what really stressed me out. Yes, of course, like, it's good to have, like, goals. But goals are different than expectations, right? Goals are something that you have uh, worked towards, that you made action towards to get to that place, right? But expectations are kind of just sitting there with no real real steps, right? So, you know, throw your expectations away. Focus on what you can work on. And, you know, you're finished, right? It feels yeah. great. I Like, <laughs> I'm just thinking back about thinking back to the time last time the like the last application I turned in it felt so great because you you felt so free right and don't worry about like what you turned in I swear never look at your essays okay don't look at back at them don't ever do that I have not and I don't regret it and just you know I know senior year is not the most fun right now because of the pandemic but Focus on what you have. Focus on what fun you can do. Because you're free. Yeah. <laughs> Colleges might not look at your senior year grades that much, though. You can let yourself go a little bit. Not to say that you shouldn't focus on school. Like, you should still, but it's not... There's not as much pressure on you. That's true. Um, I think that at this point, I, I feel like for me, I'm just... Uh, like I was telling my parents, I was like, whatever happens, happens mm-hmm. out of my control. Yeah. But I do know that I am proud of, you know, myself for mm-hmm. really keeping on deadlines and doing thorough research and putting forth my best effort, you know, doing the best I could with my writing. And I think in the end, like, just knowing that personally, like, regardless of what school I end up choosing to go to, you know, I think it's really important to continue to be uh, proud of yourself because it's not an easy process in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was definitely difficult. Be proud of yourself. I, yes, I have regrets about how I went about it, but at the same time, like going through it, like be glad, you know, be happy. Yeah. Also, believe in yourself, you know, like. I know when you go through the college application process and when you're getting results and you hear everybody getting results. Oh, yeah. You know, it... It's it's stressful It's stressful, I know that. But at the end of the day, you know, focus on yourself and good things will come to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, like, not just for me, but just for people in general who Mm -hmm. might be listening, I think it's also really important to not think ahead. Like, mm. I had that problem, and I was like, okay, in three months, 
I agree. So I kind of have to approach each day as it comes and not, you're going to get decisions, but, you know, you don't have to think, you know, three months and two days from now, where am I going? It's not good. Yeah, I have that same tendency, too, to worry about the future, even though there's really no point in it, because you'll just take it as it comes. You don't have to be, like, counting down each freaking day until you get your results back. It's just, it's, it's like you're giving yourself so much anxiety and stress for no reason at all. Exactly. Yeah. I need to work on that. <laughs> um, one last question. Madeline, I know you didn't want to say it, but um, somebody did ask in the question, like, how many apps do we recommend turning in 15, 10, or as many as possible? Um, I would like to say don't turn in as many as possible. Please don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. You're going to stress yourself out. Um, just make sure you have enough safety schools, your backup plans and stuff. Also organize your reach schools, your dream schools, or schools you know for sure are going to get into. As long as you have those set of colleges planned out, then I think you're good to go. You don't need to turn in, like, 30 because you're going to, like <laughs> – you're going to be so sad. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's going to suck. Yeah, I would agree. I have some friends who did, like, 25, 30 Oh, my schools, gosh. And I, I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, I genuinely did not understand <laughs> how they even had the stamina for that because I, I would not have been able to do that. And it's really actually quite impressive. But in the end, it's, in my opinion, it, it honestly kind of seems like overkill. I think it's better to just create a pretty firm list of schools that, you know, you can, you know, you can get into two of them or three of them. And then, the, you know, you have five target schools, something like that. The numbers, I don't know exactly how many numbers you'd want to have, but I do know that you want to make sure you have those safety schools on mm-hmm. there. And you also want to make sure um, you're applying to reach schools, not for the name of them, but for programs that they offer that interest you um, or a school environment that interests you, because I think it's very easy to get swept up in the name and say, oh, I'm going to apply to Princeton, but you might not be interested in anything at Princeton. Um, So, like, those kind of things are really important to take into account when you're trying to figure out, okay, am I applying to 10, am I applying to 15, am I applying to 8? It, it just depends on the person and, mm-hmm. you know, what what you what you think is right. It's mm-hmm. not really – I don't think that there's a firm set right number for any person. Right. So. Just, I just want to say just make sure that you will enjoy anywhere you get into, even if it's a safety school. Like, you have to make sure yeah, there's exactly. a program you're interested in, their program for your major that you're thinking of going into is – good at least and your atmosphere college campus if it's in like a college town or in a big city small city like location matters as well just make sure you have all your interests down for that school and you'll most likely be happy with anywhere you get into Mm -hmm. definitely yeah and like i madeline and claire already said you know balance yourself so i think at some point, maybe if you're applying to 30 schools, right, maybe it's sometimes better to apply to less but have better quality essays instead yes. of, like, just focusing on applying as many. <laughs> yeah, 
focus on, on as many schools as you can apply to. I don't, personally, I don't think that's the best way to go about it, and I feel like many people do. do. Mouth, <laughs> who, yeah, I do. think people get caught up in the number that they apply to, mm-hmm. and I just don't think in the end it really matters. It matters more that it's balanced, and that you'll be fine to go to any of the schools that you get into, um, because I know some people who are like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with these schools, but they were all really, no, they're not easy schools to get into, mm-hmm. and that's that's where you can go down like a, a you know, not great path for yourself, um, so doing the research and looking into the safety schools that, you know, will work for you, there are so many schools out there, that's something that you learn in this process, there's so many more than just the big names that you hear in the media and on, you know, movie screens, but there will be a school out there for you, regardless of what, you know, crazy acceptance rates you see, you know, online. Completely agree. Also, I want to add one more thing on my end is that parents might pressure you to apply to a few schools that you might not want to get into, probably because of, you know, like crazy acceptance rates, names and stuff like that. But if you really don't want to, I say try to fight your parents on that because it's a waste of effort and time and money because college applications cost money to turn in, which is a whole another issue on its own. But yeah, just make sure that the colleges you apply to are the ones that you truly want to go to and not because you are influenced by outside pressures to like. At the end of the day, you're going to be the one that goes to that college. It's not your parent. Mm -hmm. Your parents aren't going. It's you. Right. Well, I think this is a good place to end our conversation. I genuinely... No, like, bad flashbacks. I genuinely enjoyed having this conversation because it's good to get some of this stuff off my chest. It's a good closure, I think. (laughs) And hopefully for you, Madeline, it's good as well to kind of get those things out because all the good and all the bad after the thing has finished. And to those listening, I hope you guys learned a lot uh, about kind of how you should approach the college application process. I mean, we're not admissions advisors. We're not college consultants. We're not, like, writing coaches. You know, we're just people that have gone through through the process and have some tips to give. Take everything with a grain of salt. It doesn't have to apply 100% to you, but if there's something you found useful, definitely you can apply it to yourself. And Madeline, we really enjoyed having you on this call. Yeah, I loved getting to talk to you both. And thank you everyone for listening.